Good evening, everyone. Welcome to tonight's Joe and Joe Weather Show, or as it may also be known as the Onshore Flow Show, which is pretty much where we're going to be this week. This week, the Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by uh, by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini. And uh, tomorrow is their open house free event for contractors at 164 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. So you can learn everything you need to know about being or getting into the business of holiday lighting and holiday decorating and food and beverages will be served. That ought to get a good crowd. Uh, they're at 164 Ocean Avenue, Lindenhurst. Uh, so you can RSVP at 631-957-5106, or you can head, uh, head to the website, which is liholidaylighting.com, and they everything's coming in in spite of the uh, supply shortages and the bottle supply chain bottlenecks. They've gotten their deliveries. Uh, so Christmas, as we count down the days, Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini. Also brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, 631-756-1125, the phone number there. And salt is front and center, which there is a shortage of salt also, and prices are up. But Omni has the lowest prices in the tri-state area for everything from rock salt to pellido to mag ice pellets and flakes and anything else you need. Uh, to uh, be ready for the upcoming winter season. OmniTrueValue.com is the website. So here we are, Mr. Rayo. I think we all pretty much survived the uh, Facebook blackout after the black eye that they have, uh, but with everything else going on. But life did manage to go on without it today, I must say. I, you know, I said, though, uh, this afternoon to Renata, I said, there's some people who are just going crazy right now. I don't have Facebook. I don't have it. What am I going to do? You know, what did we do without Facebook or before Facebook? I can't even remember what we used to do without Facebook. I've been on Facebook since 2009 or 2008 or two, something like that. Yeah. yeah so what I, did you like, do before where, Facebook? Where did, where did all, you know, the, the funny thing is, when the memories come up about, you know, pictures I might have posted, nine times out of ten, I have no recollection of whatever it was. <laughs> and then I try to read about yeah. it, and it's like, I was I was there, really? I, I really was there? But, yeah, we all, we all managed, I think, managed to get along today. Do you I think so. I think I will. Yeah, what? Um, do you have... Like YouTube open somewhere with the audio on because I'm hearing us. YouTube with the audio, nope. I'm on I'm on mute right now with uh, with the YouTube that I'm watching. Okay. Uh, no, I just heard me say okay. Oh, good lord! It's starting again. I don't have it on. Right. No, I'm. Today, 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 I consider myself, 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 the luckiest man, 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 on the face of the earth. Earth, earth, earth. Okay. Earth, earth, <laughs> earth, earth. It's really low and <laughs> it's very low and very tinny, but I, I do hear it from someplace. Oh, good lord. Oh well. As long as it's not obnoxious and no one's complaining yet, so. 
hopefully it'll be okay. So we got a, uh, a, a new uh, work week has begun. Uh, you had some rain. I had some rain. I had quite a bit of rain. And then the sun would come out and then a, another downpour would develop and then I'd have more rain. In the midst of all of that, <clears throat> when the breeze would pick up, the leaves started coming down. It is a uh, definitely looking like fallout here in uh, in North Georgia. Well, we had about a half an inch of rain here, and um, actually, I spent much of uh, yesterday afternoon with the uh, with the leaf blower just blowing away a lot of the leaves that were on the ground, and uh, the, 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 you know, it, it's it's it wasn't a very pleasant looking day out there, and indeed, we did have that easterly flow that made it feel kind of May I use the term clammy or raw or a little bit, but uh, we, we survived and uh, hopefully things will get a little bit better now in the next few days. Okay. Uh, just to let everybody know on the board, those of you who are on my uh, subscription platform on Patreon, I did put up a piece today about uh, the upcoming winter and talked about some of the things that are going on right now, including uh, a weak polar vortex and the teleconnections and some of the climate models. Uh, pretty interesting, Joe, because it's uh, I was looking at the, what was it, the CFS model. And uh, it, there's a, it, it poses a good argument for a, 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 a more of a front-loaded winter this time around than a back-loaded one, but we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of variables. Uh, uh, Siberian snow cover indicator, which used, used to work, but then it stopped working a few years ago. Uh, is uh, already showing some pretty robust uh, snow uh, in, in Siberia and particularly in the eastern flank, which is the one, I'm sorry, the western flank, which is the one that's most more important. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll have, we'll know at the end of the month what, what that says and we'll see what the polar vortex does between now and then because there's supposed to be a, uh, Dr. Judah Cohen's been talking about a disruption in the polar vortex going on this weekend. And maybe that'll be the start of a, a weakening of the polar vortex early. Well, the one thing that impressed me, and I think I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to uh, share screen to show this to everybody, is the uh, Climate Prediction Center's uh, latest uh, forecast for, let me just move it up here, first for the next six to 10 days. First of all, let me just say that I like very much the brand new type of maps that they are using at the Climate Prediction Center. They're a lot more easy on the eyes, if you will. And uh, as you could see, Joe, for the period from the 10th through the 14th of October, they have a broad part of the central and eastern United States above normal. And uh, I'm not sure, now this is the one thing I don't like about this is that you can't really tell easily, you know, what percentage above normal this is, but it looks like it's on the order of about 70 to 80%, which is pretty high. And now to go along with those above normal uh, conditions in terms of temperatures, uh, take a look at the precipitation. Precipitation is going to be near normal during that same time frame, October 10th to the 14th, according to uh, the uh, CPC, Climate Prediction Center. Below normal up across central and northern New England, a lot of above normal. Looks like a very wet period from much of the central and especially western part of the United States. And then if we go even further beyond, let's say uh, 8 to 14 days out, we're still above normal 
still uh, seeing temperatures that are above normal uh, here in our neck of the woods. And take a look at this, precipitation-wise, below normal, near to below normal precipitation. So what this seems to be suggesting, though, uh, over the next, uh, well, let's say the, the turning point will be, or the pivot point will be around this time next week, next Monday, or the 11th of October. After that, it looks like next week, if this is uh, going to pan out, we're going to have a spell of mild and relatively dry weather. Very nice autumn weather coming our way for a good part of next week, which uh, sounds very good when uh, you consider and above normal temperatures. What could that mean? We've been near 70 degrees or above 70 for many days. Looks like that's going to carry right on through into maybe next week as well. Yeah, somewhat above normal, but not crazy above normal. And it's not like we're going to be in the 80s and for for days on end. I mean, that that the onsh the, the height of the north of the onshore flow, it, it will keep that down. The one it, it, you're kind of you know you're battling two opposite teleconnections here. They're sort of working against each other because you've got this negative PNA Pacific North America index showing what would normally show a big ridge in the east and a a, a deep trough in the west. Well, it's got the deep trough in the west part right. But the ridge in the east, while it's there, it's being tempered uh, somewhat because of the North Atlantic oscillation. The higher the normal pressures up in the North Atlantic are kind of pressing that ridge down a bit. So we're not getting superheated air. And I mean, I have to tell you, even here today, because of the, all the clouds that are around, it, that keeps temperatures from getting much above. I mean, I think I'm, we might have gotten in the low 70s today, but we didn't get much higher than that. I guess I guess we've just about gone through the limit now of uh, hoping or not hoping, but thinking that you're ever going to hit 90 degrees this this particular season or this yeah, particular year. Yeah, it's certainly up by where I am up in the mountains. I mean, it would have to be an incredibly unusual setup for it to happen. You know, some kind of front coming down from the north with a with a big upper ridge sitting right on top of me for several days. It's you know, The nights get cool here, even even in the situation we are in right now, which is basically, you know, sort of dirty, warm air with, with the ridge position. Uh, the nights still managed to get down into the in, into the 50s. So uh, this morning actually was quite nice in, in that uh, I had I had a low cloud deck that was very shallow, and above it you could see big pat patches of blue, and to the south there was uh, some heavy rains. And you see the dark blue clouds to the south. And in the midst of all of that was a really nice, beautiful rainbow uh, this morning uh, in the southern sky, uh, which, uh, was wow. not, which, which was a nice surprise. You don't often see rainbows. If you think about all the rainbows that you've probably seen in your life, I think I can only think of uh, one or two times that I've actually saw a rainbow in the morning which is kind of weird because they usually are in the evening or late afternoon, which means that I usually would have to look toward the east to see a rainbow since it's dependent upon the sun, and the sun in the afternoon is usually over in the west. But to see a rainbow in the morning, well, I guess you'd have to look to the west because the sun is in the east. Yeah, it was not in the southern sky. I should correct that. It was actually, you're right, it was, it was in the western sky. Uh, 
and, and with the mountains, I guess the sun angle must have just whatever the sunrise, the angle must have hit it just right. And the showers were in the west and south of me, to the west and south of me. So uh, it sort of reflected all the moisture that was uh, was coming my way. So the rainbow was actually a for uh, a for a forebearer of uh, of bad weather. Because uh, usually when you get we get rainbows up in the northeast, because you're looking in the in, on the western sky, it's usually after a thunderstorm has passed by. And uh, for me, it's right. the re for me it's the reverse. It, it uh, it's a sign yeah. of of trouble coming. Rainbow in the morning, sailors take warning. <laughs> Just I want to answer Tom Cortino because he posted on the chat board. Said Joe Rayo, early call for Columbus Day, please. All right, Tom. I'm not sure where you are. If you if you're in the tri-state metropolitan New York area, he's on Long I would Island. I right believe he's on he's on Long Island. Okay, so right now it looks and this is like a, a, a solid week away, Columbus Day this year on the 11th. Um, I would say it looks uh, sunny to maybe partly cloudy. Uh, temperature Long Island maybe around 70 or 72. Nice and mild for this time of the year. And uh, doesn't look like we have any precipitation. So right now I'm I'm willing to bet. Um, I'm well, maybe not willing to put any money down just yet, but I, I'm willing to think that uh, it looks nice, decent, fair skies, clouds and sun, 70 or thereabouts uh, for the holiday on Monday. And of course, traditionally the uh, the uh, the day October 12th that'll be next Tuesday. I haven't I don't even want to look that. I, I don't even want to look much beyond the weekend, but uh, since it's a holiday on Monday and Tom has been asking, uh, I, I'll stick my neck all the way out and say it doesn't look bad right now. Uh, Izzy D hitting Super Chat uh, tonight. Thank you, Izzy. And Izzy also mentions the fact that uh, Lonnie Quinn, and we all know how close Lonnie and I are, uh, Lonnie Quinn mentioning your name on the air. Nice. Yes, really he did. nice. Um, I'm sitting there, and uh, Lonnie said, "I want to, I want to share something with you." And he said, "And this was actually put together by my good friend." And and then he then he actually says, "Many of you probably know who he is, Joe Rayo." <laughs> and I looked at Renata. And I said, "Really? Nice. People know who I am." <laughs> well, especially so, when, yeah, Lonnie. Especially when the bills are due. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, what? a lot of people, a, a lot of people saw that and uh, commented on uh, to me about that. So, was that a thank you, Lonnie? Was, was that a shorts? Uh, was that a rolled up, uh, rolled up shirt sleeve moment when he mentioned your name? No, he didn't. Um, he, 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 in fact, it was funny. I'm watching, and he went through the forecast very quickly, and I looked at my watch, and I said, he only did that in about thirty or forty seconds. I said, he must be pressed for time, or maybe it's a heavy show. But then he spent the rest of his time, and that was a good two minutes, going like four or five different graphics on the on the numbers that I had on Facebook a few days earlier, talking about how over, uh, over the last 152 years at Central Park, that the 10 rainiest summers were usually followed seven out of 10 times by a below normal to rather much below normal Winter in terms of snowfall. By the way, normal. No, no. I, I just want to say something about that because I was looking at some of the years, and what was really interesting to me was the fact that on 
so, and this this goes to, to to and you will agree with me. I'm I'm certainly not disparaging your research, uh, but we are talking about one specific point, and on on a couple of those years where there were records available, because some of them went too far back, but on the ones that were there were available. Uh, uh, Brookhaven Labs on Long Island actually had um, above normal snowfalls for those years. For for I think on two of them, uh, had above normal snowfall, and uh, in both cases we're talking much above normal snowfall too. So it's kind of interesting. I'm right. you know recalling uh, one of those winters was like was a little one I always uh, referred to as the Suffolk County winter because that winter. Uh, Everything, the, the 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 line was somewhere in Nassau. The back edge of the snow was was for a number of events was in Western Long Island, and Suffolk County just got clobbered one storm after another after another. And everybody else was sitting around with their hands thrown right. up in the air, saying, "What you know? What's going on?" So, yeah, the, always remember, you know, when you reference yeah. one point, kind of. I mean, not you, but I'm just telling the audience. You know, you remember when you when you when yeah. you look at these stats, you really It'd be well. I would. I would be. It would, would be interesting to see, for example, if we pulled up Albany for those same years, just to see what they, you know, just to see how they did in in those particular years on their wettest uh, summers, the ones that match up. But that would require a lot of digging. You know, Albany, maybe looking at Boston, well, you know, Hartford, you know, that kind of thing. One nice thing about uh, the National Weather Service in New York, which many other weather services do not have is on their menu, you can go to their uh, uh, past weather page and you can access a ton of information going all the way back to the very beginning at 1869. Not just, you know, the regular monthly or daily weather records, but they give you, Joe, as was the case in this this particular situation, they gave right off, right out front, the 10 wettest summer seasons, right. uh, meteorological summer, June, July, and August, they do the same thing for the winter. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing for the spring. They do the same thing for uh, the fall. They have a lot of information. Now, you just said about Albany. It'd be interesting. But from from what I can it, remember, going it's hard back to, to find the Albany pages, on the other sites. Right. They just don't do that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, kudos to the National Weather Service in uh, New York or in Upton for doing that. And you're right also that all of these all of these uh, statistical uh, bits, tidbits that I throw out sometimes is is specifically for Central Park, for New York. And you're right. It doesn't often work much beyond 25 or 50 miles in, in most any other direction. It's good for the city and for the five boroughs, but it's not good if, for example, you're out on eastern Long Island like you were for a long time or sometimes even up where I am yeah, here in uh, I was gonna say. County. I was going to say up your way, northern New Jersey, northwest Jersey, maybe north and west of 287. Uh, it, it could be a whole different world. So yeah, but it's all it, it it it's fun to look at the stats because they're always there. Certainly, is the temptation to say because it happened that time, it, it'll happen. It, it might happen this time. Past performance is no guarantee of future re- future outcomes, but uh, unfortunately, that sometimes that's the only thing we have to go on. So uh, and I. I- and and as I as I also said on on Facebook, this this particular thing about how seven out of ten winters and and uh, one of the things I did was I did not use and I'm still waiting. This is the one 
I'm, I don't want to take a pot shot at the folks over at Upton, but they really ought to change their statistics now, their long-term statistics, because if you add up on the Almanac pages uh, for the 30 years that they have, the snowfall amounts in New York City, Central Park, still come out to be about 24 inches. We know, based upon the most recent 30-year uh, string of, of years, that it's now closer to 30.1 inches right. as the average for snowfall uh, during a typical winter season. So with 30.1 or 30.2 inches, those seven out of 10 cases of wet summers come out to be on average about 17 inches, almost half of what is now the norm for snowfall at Central Park. Right. The three cases that stand out are like 120% of normal, which is up in the 40-inch-plus range. But the, uh, the thing that I pointed out on Facebook is that we will probably know by the end of December, once again, the infamous three-inch rule. Because in those seven cases that uh, have below normal snowfall, in all of those cases, the snowfall for the month of December was less than three, and in many cases, less than two. And I think two cases, zero, right. nothing, zero amount of snow fell in December. And uh, the, the three other cases, anywhere from six to 14 inches of snow fell, fell in December. So I said, well, if this pans out, We'll know by the end of December, but if this, if this is one of those Decembers where we have a ton of snow, forget about that study. That's that doesn't that's not going to mean anything because we'll probably indeed have a lot of snow for the upcoming winter at Central Park and well, probably everywhere else. It, but if it comes out to be like zero, if it comes out to be like zero or one or a couple of inches during December at Central Park, then there's a fair chance that what we're going to have is uh, a below normal winter based upon that study right and it certainly worked it certainly worked last year because we did have um a, a moderate snowfall uh, uh in mid-december only to have it all washed well, we away. Had that big that well, on christmas say, eve christmas right christmas all to have it all washed away on christmas eve right right we had 10 that 10, that 10 inch snowfall in the middle part of december but the other thing that is interesting joe statistically is from the year before when Central Park had 4.8 inches of snow for the entire winter season, did a little bit of a looking back on the numbers and found that in all the years where we had a paucity, there's a $5 word for you, paucity. a paucity, five inches or less of snowfall, we came, we came up with the very next winter, we came up with at Central Park 40 or more inches of snow. That's why, by the way, I was PO'd that we didn't get 40 inches. Yeah, but you we know, with 39 inches, what was it, 38.3? What were we, what was it, one point, half, an inch and a half short 30, or something? 38, 38.6, 38.6 yeah, inches. You know, that's, that's, I, that's, I wanted my 1.4 inches, Joe. That's close enough, because everybody <laughs> else everybody else managed to do over 40. By the way, <clears throat> for you Long Island folks, just a reminder, you know, Islip is not a good, Islip's numbers are not good numbers in terms of statistics because of the fact that I think prior to 2007, uh, the airport used to close at night. So uh, there was no weather observations taken. So if it snowed at night, it didn't get measured. So there's a lot of snowfalls that occurred in, in the stretch, you know, in, in the 90s and not, not that many in the 90s, but certainly in, from 2000 to 2006, where if you look up the data, there's like, you know, vast amounts of snowfall data that's just missing because of the fact that the airport was closed. Uh, Brookhaven, on the other right. hand, uh, is a much better is a much better um, uh, measure of 
of snowfall for inland areas on Long Island and their 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 30 year average if you want to go use a 30 year average for them uh is now uh, up at around uh, probably at around 41 or 42 because of the vast uh, number of years uh in the 2000 to 2000 you know in the 2000 2010 range that produced 60 inches or more and in, in a couple of cases 70 inches or more so um so those numbers are skewed way up from their old mean, which was at about 31 and three quarters, which is their long-term average. Michael McGuire, right. hitting Super Chat tonight, Joe. Um, his location, one inch of rain in about 20 minutes today. Uh, and he says day one of at least five more to go. Well, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a little, I'm optimistic for Wednesday and Thursday. I think this high may push down far enough south, push the frontal boundary far enough south so that, uh, uh, we may see some decent improvement in the weather conditions, but we still, I think, have to get through tomorrow uh, because of, um, you know, there's still a lot of clouds to work through, and we got to wait for that high to build on in. I'm going to bring up the satellite and the satellite loop, and uh, you, you see now that with the, with the sunset, but beforehand, a uh, little that twisting going on uh, in the uh, – Lower lakes there, a little low that's moving east, and you've got this east-west frontal boundary. This just we're just kind of waiting for it to start to sag to the south and the low to go by, and then that draw maybe some of that drier air in eastern Canada and in northern Maine can make it down here. And I think I think Wednesday, it, it, it I think it will on Wednesday. Yeah, the, you know we we have had a nice stretch so far October has been very, very nice. Today was one of the clinker days, if you will, with the cloud cover. We had some rain, significant rain last night, kind of a drizzly or spitty type of rain today. But we've been getting some nice deliveries from Canada of late. And uh, I agree with you, Joe. There, there may very well be a push of dry air coming in here to salvage the latter part of this week. So hopefully that will be the case. I do want to answer two questions on the chat board. Number one, Steve LaPointe, Steve LaPointe, who said, Joe Rayo, you should have told him, I think he was referring to Lonnie Quinn, to come on tonight's show. Well, the problem is, and I've asked not just Lonnie, I've asked people like Nick Gregory and a couple of others, you know, would you come on our Joe and Joe show? And the problem is, is that the TV stations they work for uh, either frown on their appearing on, you know, you know, programs like ours maybe because they think that they're going to say something controversial. I can, I can feel for that, Joe. When I was at News 12, I, I had to answer like a billion questions. Oh, you, they, they want you to appear on WABC radio? Well, ask them the, 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 what questions they're going to ask you. And, and we, we need to know and have them send a list of things and, and blah, 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 all of this BS. And I, I tell them, and I'm sure Lonnie and Nick and others will say to their stations, this, they're, they're only going to play us up. They're going to bring good publicity for us. They're going to tell people, you know, that, hey, this is great. You know, we're, he's he's on such and such TV. Uh, you know, watch that TV show. But the, these these corporate people, they just they have it set in their minds, like appearing on a show like ours may only be bad or may be controversial for them and their station. So what can I say? That's that's the way things are sometimes on uh, on, on television. Or they, live in, they live in fear, Joe. Right. They live they in do. fear. And, and and Tom Cortino says, 
And Tom Cortino says, Lonnie Quinn is not a degreed meteorologist, so I don't watch him. Well, you, I, I, let me point something out to you, Tom. Lonnie Quinn has been on in New York TV, uh, and he has been recognizable for many, many years now. He's been around for about 13 or 14 years. And the reason for Lonnie's longevity, and people like Al Roker, for example, has been on for a million years, is the way that they interact with their audience. I saw this in person in June during the solar eclipse when I was on with Lonnie out in Westport, Connecticut. We were covering the eclipse. There were about 100 people. And Lonnie was just like going in the crowd, pulling people alongside him and saying, he says, hey, what's your name? And how do you do it? And, how they? and it's stuff like that that makes you a popular figure in weather. And, and by the way, Lonnie may not be a degree meteorologist, Joe, but I don't know if you knew this. He, he's a pilot. He's a pilot. He's, so, he, uh, he's, 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 he knows he knows his stuff. He does, he does a very good job. He, knows. he really does. Yes. Um, yeah. He, he really so, does. John, John Charles, uh, this is a kind of, I'm trying to understand this question. How come News 12 let you guys do the show before your broadcasts on here? I don't know. I, I'm a work for, I haven't worked for News 12 in, in a decade. Wait a minute. What was that? What, what, did, what was John the John Charles said, how come News 12 let you guys do the show before your broadcasts on here? But neither of us, I haven't worked for, I, I, I freelanced at News 12. You know, I haven't been a new regular at News 12 since 1990, uh, 1996. And I, I did freelance for a while from like 09 to 13 or so. But yeah, um, I don't know why we don't, I don't work there and you don't work. You haven't worked there since 2015. What was it? 17? My last my last day was the day before Christmas Eve in 2016. So I can't believe this. I just realized this coming Christmas Eve, it'll be five years since I have been gone from News 12. That's amazing. It seems like only oh, a it couple goes, of years yeah, ago. I, no, listen, it goes very, very fast. I could still yes. remember. I could still remember the phone call that I got from the. Uh, 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 f f from it seems like yesterday when I got the phone call from the. Um, was it the news? I think it was the news director uh, letting me go at, at picks, and that was back in 2007. So that was 14 right. years ago. Tom, Tom Cortino, you're wrong. He said Mark Dannon was fired by CBS for purchasing cocaine. That is true, but he said that's why Lonnie is there. A lot of people don't remember that after they got rid of Mark Dannon, they brought in an African American. Uh, weathercaster by the name of David Rogers. And David Rogers was there from 1997 to, I believe, 2008 or nine. And then for whatever reason, they let him go and they brought Lonnie in to uh, to do the uh, the weather channel too. And that and Lonnie's been there about as long as anybody has been there for, for, for quite some time now. So uh, he continues to proliferate and continues to remain popular at channel two. And, uh, uh, long live Lonnie, I guess. Uh, John, John, John clarified it when we used to do the show when we were both working at Fios. So Fios had no problem uh, with us doing it because, right? Um, you know, we we brought the, you know they were big on social media. The, you know, they were trying to push their social media at the time, and uh, you know, I already had I had a, I had a, a following uh, bigger than all of their all of their Facebook pages combined. Uh, and, and didn't and, and never mind the YouTube following. So yeah, no, they were they were okay with it. Uh, it. That but that was different because we really you know 
I mean, when we brought people on, we, if I remember correctly, most of the time we brought, when we did bring people on, it would be our other coworkers that were working other shifts. Uh, but so we were right. all doing it in the same place. So, okay, I understand. Yeah. Sometimes people confuse the fact they lump everything together. If you've worked at a bunch of different stations, uh, but they, you know, which is understandable if you're used to, you were used to seeing me on one particular station and then you, you know, but I've, I've been in a, lot, a few other places, uh, at different places in my, you know, 40 years in the New York area. So yeah, but the, yeah, yeah, that, that clears up, that clears up what you were, uh, what you were saying before. So anyhow, but, uh, but management was management, management was very weird. Um, they, 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 sometimes they would do things that, uh, you'd say like, what, what are you doing? What are you crazy? They, I, Joe, I, I honestly believe that if we were at news 12, we probably would have been told we can't do this show. Um, I know that, uh, I don't know if you want to mention the fact that, you know, at Fios, when we, when we were together at Fios, Fios had no problem with you, uh, occasionally filling in at Pix 11, but right. that never would have happened if you were at, if you were at, if you were at uh, news 12, because they just didn't go for that and i don't think they would have gone for doing what we're doing right now well they they um, they, um oh, fios also uh, i mean I, I i told them going in i was doing i had my websites i had my youtube channel and i was building it all up and that was a you know a condition for me that i, I wanted to still be able to do all that stuff um so right they they they, they had no problem with it um, and you know, right. as, as I as I said, it, it was an advantage to them to have us out there, you know, exposed to an audience that covered the whole region. So it 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 worked both ways, and it was and that's fine. I, I don't have a, I didn't have a, any kind of issue with that. But I'm at I mean I'm long past the point now. I mean, I would never go work for anybody who would say to me, okay, if you want to work here, you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing because I, I I've spent I've spent the better part of the last eight years building all this up. And I would like to spend the next eight years building it up even more. So this is my baby. I don't want, you know, I don't want, uh, I'm not going to give this up. And anyway, it, it's it's even silly to think about it because ain't nobody going to hire me. <laughs> Just not happening. Well. Because I'm not shaking well, my goatee. It's a crazy world. It's It's a crazy world of broadcasting and, Again, I, I think you said it best a few minutes ago, Joe. Paranoia, paranoia at any little tiny little thing, which is why, sadly, uh, we won't be able to see good people, probably like Nick or or Lonnie, make an appearance unless I maybe I I grovel or beg and plead them, plead with them to come on. Uh, but uh, uh, they just, you know, the the, the powers that be. Just simply right, say, but look, then, we we, but once we don't they, want. Once they to stop working, they'll be begging to come on. <laughs> yes, begging. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I absolutely. Have, I have to update the fee list. <laughs> uh, Tom said. Did you, Tom, did you Tom, talk? To, did you go? To, yeah. Did, did I, you talk with Bill? Oh, yeah. He and I had a conversation. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we're, we're still working on it. Uh, Tom says, Tom, Tom, you said it correctly. Uh, this this is the greatest format for the two of us because we can go into his depth and not have to do everything, not do we, not to have to do something in three minute segments. Yeah, that's right. It's our show. We can do what we want, say what we want, go on when we want. Um, you know, which 
brings uh, brings uh, uh, Mr. Ruben Fairchild to mind. I would complain because we didn't have a set schedule. We didn't do this and, I, and we didn't do that. It's like I'm, you know, I already had. And I want to had a producer. I don't. I don't. I don't need that anymore. And I, I just want to clear one more thing up, and then we can move on to whether Steve Lapointe, who says Fios fired us, Fios was the one who fired us. No, Steve. What happened was that um, uh, RNN Regional News Network. Um, had a contract with Verizon uh, for carrying our newscasts, and Verizon called it Fios One News. But as we came on down to uh, 2019, the contract was to be renewed in October of 2019. Little did we know that behind the scenes, the people who own, who now own News 12, Cablevision sold off to a company called Altice back at the end of 2016, Altice now owns Optimum and News 12. And little did we all know, working at Fios One News, that Altice was talking to Verizon and offering them News 12 and a couple of other channels. I don't know which ones they were, at like bargain basement prices. And they said, how would you like to have News 12 and all these other channels to appear on Verizon? And Verizon took the bait. And once they took the bait, uh, Altice said, well, now that you've got News 12, what do you need those guys at Fios 1 for? And so Verizon turned around to RNN and said, hey, you know, uh, we don't need you anymore. We're not renewing your contract in October of 2019. And even though RNN did their level best to uh, negotiate in good faith with them and say, hey, let's, let's, let's talk this over, Verizon said, no, you're gone as of uh, November of... 2019. So th they didn't fire, you know, we weren't fired by RNN and, and, and uh, Fios. We were fired or we were let go because, again, another broadcasting agency came in and uh, negotiated with Verizon and changed their mind and told them, you don't need those guys anymore. Right. Come with us. And well, that's, how, I mean, that's how we ended up. In, in the we and 148, 148 other people lost their jobs thanks to that little, you know, right. chicanery of what was going on at well, the desk, know, so to speak. In the weeks leading leading up to that, uh, we, I, I knew there, I, 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 I knew that there was some stuff going on um, along those lines. Not completely specific, but I don't know. I don't know how much of it I shared with you with that. Well, while it was happening, I might not have, if yeah. only because of the fact that I didn't want you to get worked up or upset. I don't remember. Yeah. Did I tell you any with any of the stuff when it was going on? Uh, you may have. Okay. I kind of blanked out on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm actually like, blanking out like right now, but I do remember the fact that uh, you know there was there were things that there were things that were happening both on on our side and, and on the other side. And the television business is very small. Everybody knows each other and everybody talks to each other. So there was you know, info going back and forth that something was up. And well, anyway, we, it doesn't matter because you know what? This is where I wanted to be anyway. I, it was the, I've always said that I always wanted that. I wanted to leave long before the end came. So when it, because I wanted to do this 24 seven and not work for anybody anymore. And uh, that was sort of the push that I needed to, to say, okay, well now you don't have a job. So you're on your own time for the bird to fly. 
And uh, it, you know, my own. Christopedia says, no offense to Joe and Joe, but I hate News 12. They used to be good, but now they just repeat the news every 15 minutes. They were, they when, when, when they were taken over, when the, uh, when the Dolan family, who owned Cablevision for over 30 years, handed it off to this new company, Altice, uh, which was from Europe. They didn't know who Joe Chiaffi or Joe Rayo or uh, Bill Corbell or any of the other fine people who had worked and toiled in that vineyard for many, many years. They didn't know who they were. And what they did was they basically got rid of all the old veterans and brought in much younger people who uh, were a lot cheaper to, uh, to hire, as opposed to people who had been there for a good number of years, like myself. So that's that's basically what, what you... As Flip Wilson used to say, the late Flip, great Flip, Flip Wilson, what you seize is what you get. And what you seize now on, ch on Channel 12 is what you get, honey. <laughs> it's, it's true. All right, enough. Let's go to the radar. Because uh, yes. we do have some weather going on. So let's go to the radar. And since we've been talking so much, I have to refresh it because it's old data. So let, let me refresh this. And a few rumbles of thunder, by the way, uh, this evening. David Schwartz uh, on the chat board uh, uh, indicating that uh, he had a few rumbles of thunder. And it looks like uh, there's that leftover cell now is in southwestern Connecticut. It's been raining for a good part of the day through upstate New York, uh, either side of the I-90 corridor uh, from uh, just east of Buffalo all the way to Boston. Uh, they probably put down a couple of inches of rain in parts of southeastern New England today. Uh, in the meantime... Uh, the precip becomes widely scattered once you go south. And then we got this patchy rain that's coming, flowing on the bottom of all of this that's coming out of the Gulf of Mexico. And this is some of the stuff that I had to deal with today. And there's some more to the southwest, which means I will be hearing it on my, my metal roof uh, before too long. Otherwise, we've got a little bit of rain in Southern California, a little upper low down uh, off the coast there, producing some showers uh, in, in, in just uh, to the east of San Diego and also uh, not too far from L.A. and uh, in uh, Arizona. And we're seeing also some showers up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the uh, Weather Service on their watches and warnings map, which will load momentarily here. Uh, we've got flash flood watches up for much of the state of Alabama, the Florida Panhandle, and uh, the northwestern third of Georgia. <clears throat> including me under a flash flood watch because uh, if WPC is right, I could wind up with um, several or more inches of rain over the next few days. Uh, I saw Alfred Phillips, and we do have uh, uh, stuff going on in uh, the great state of Alaska, although it is a big state in Alaska. Uh, we have a rather large area of winter storm warnings and winter weather advisories. And let's just check, because I always like to check the forecast. So let's see if I can load this up and see. Oh, today's random spot, Joe, is Utopia Creek Indian Mountain LRRS Airport. Symbol P-A-I-M, as in Mary, which is interesting. Wow. Uh, That's a mouthful. Yes. That's a mouthful. So they have a winter storm warning. This is starting on Tuesday and going through Thursday night. So the fork, they, they, I don't see any snow amounts in, in the actual forecast. Let's see what the statement says. Uh, winter storm warning, 
for the next three days as a long duration event or, you know, oh, they're not too shabby here. Winter storm warnings in effect. Heavy snow travel will be difficult to impossible. Uh, total snow accumulations of six to 10 inches spread over three days. <laughs> All right. Um, and, and why not? I guess that does make travel a, a bit uh, a bit difficult. And uh, we also, by the way, uh, before I forget, because I forgot the other day when the chairman hit Super Chat. Uh, <clears throat> so thank you, Scott. And he did it again today. Thank you, Scott. October 33rd and 4th, 1987, a heavy wet snow dropped as much as 20 inches of wet snow in the Catskills. Never too early for the snow weenies. I would, uh, I would, I would agree yes. with that. I would agree with that. Uh, we've got, uh, by the way, SPC stuck this in, a little marginal risk. I guess it's already played out, though, for Central and South Jersey, Southeastern PA, down into Maryland and Northeastern Virginia. Um, I don't know if they're thinking something might fire up in the overnight period. I'm not sure. Uh, but, I mean, it looks to me that most of what's there is done. Most of what's up there is done. Well, just, I'm just reading really quick. Yeah, I mean, this was this was for whatever happened late afternoon. It turned out that the, there were stronger cells further to the north. I didn't see any severe thunderstorm warnings that went up with any of the thunderstorms that popped up on the radar. And uh, for tomorrow, there's a teeny tiny area of marginal risk uh, in uh, parts of central Mississippi and also an area of marginal risk back through Arizona. And I believe there's no other severe weather risk as we move on to uh, uh, the rest of the week. So that's a plus, just some general thunderstorm activity. And WPC's rainfall forecast, let me refresh this. <coughs> and excuse me, uh, over the next seven days, an additional half inch, quarter to a half an inch for eastern PA to southern New England. The amounts start to go up as you go further south. And of course, you can see the big area that's being indicated for the uh, southern and uh, uh, up, not almost into the central Appalachians there up the Blue Ridge Mountains, an area of uh, three to five inches uh, of rain. And I'm in that. So that 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 uh, justifies the flash flood watches. And also uh, down in the Florida Panhandle and a general area of an inch or more extending up into Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, and even kind of nosing into Western Ohio and Western uh, Eastern Indiana. Uh, in the West, we're seeing uh, some rain up in the Northern Plains, also precip. Uh, in the Rockies. Now, some of that may wind up being snow in the highest elevations. And uh, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, seeing another, you know, remember the trough is the, the, the upper trough is in the western part of the United States. So uh, they're getting all the action right now while we just kind of sit here and wait. And and, and by the way, Joe, as, as I mentioned, I, I've got the teleconnections uh, kind of interesting. At the moment, the PNA is sharply negative, and it, and it kind of bounces around for the next week and a half or so. And then toward the end of the forecast period, as we get into the middle of the month, month, it starts to spike positive. So that might be the first sign of something maybe temporarily changing. Uh, we'll see if it, if it winds up verifying. And the NAO, which is negative right now, uh, and actually rather sharply negative, uh, is going to come up a little bit, but stays negative. And then in, a lot of the members actually drop uh, and make it more negative as we head toward the middle of the month. So uh, it might be indicating that uh, this warmer pattern might get a brief interruption with something coming down from the, the trough, briefly coming back into the east after mid-month for a short period of time. 
Um, but um, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at these from day to day uh, because as we get deeper into the winter season, these sorts of things are going to be more important. And uh, it's probably a good thing for us to, you know, get used to seeing it and start paying attention uh, to uh, all the changes. So I'm loading up the yeah, data. Think, so you can, you can, while that loads, you talk for a while. Well, things, things happen very quickly as we get now into the winter season. And sometimes it gets scary, even if you try to anticipate what's going to happen much beyond three or four days. Um, this is why I, I say, you know, I, I wish I wish there was some way that we could get everybody, all the broadcast outlets, to go back to the five-day forecast. Instead, we have seven, and in a couple of cases, we have 10-day forecasts. And you know what you could do with those 10-day forecasts, if they, especially if they're printed. You can wrap them up and put them in your birdcage or you know, use something else for them because they, they're, they're almost next to useless, especially once you get past day six or seven. By the way, Joe, I'm looking at my own, my own uh, radar Seeing what's on my radar, if you want to put that up on the screen. Yep. Uh, Hold on, just a second. This is a this is a bit of this this is oh, a, yeah, a, yeah. a different radar <laughs> from the one you've been shown. Yeah. How old is he now? And by the <clears throat> by the perplexed look by the perplexed look on his face, it would appear to me that he is not quite sure exactly where or when the DBZ. Uh, is going to be reaching uh, a, a noteworthy peak or which way the m movement of the cells are. He just looks like he's bewildered, which, by the way, that's the same look that sometimes you and I have when we're looking at the model guidance in the wintertime and the GFS is saying one thing and the European and the Canadian is saying something right. quite different. <laughs> I was thinking, I was trying, I was, uh, I was thinking along those lines. Yes. Um Yes too uh, too funny all right let's uh let's put radar to bed he's got to be in how, how old we just did uh, how old is he oh he's got to be in his 70s now i would think yeah yeah i would think because he's got he's definitely older than us not by a lot we <laughs> seem we seem to be catching up uh so yeah, I, <laughs> we do um interestingly enough you know, I, I started the show, if you recall, I said that uh, we are in the uh, the onshore flow show. And if, if you look at the GFS in that high that's in eastern Canada, it just basically sits there all week long. It jumps around a little bit. A new one forms uh, north of Maine and then starts to build down. So, I mean, here we are between now and Sunday. It's Monday. The, the uh, little wave is going by and the front pushes through. I'm still optimistic that Wednesday that high pushes down far enough south that we could see a decent day, and we might even hold it into Thursday. But you still have to pay attention to the wind coming in off the ocean. Uh, and then late in the week and going into the weekend, and now you've got the high up somewhere northeast of New Brunswick on Saturday. And you can see the isobars there, the easterly isobars is one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine isobars. Uh, running from uh, uh, southern Maine uh, all the way uh, down uh, into North Carolina. The area that's off the south, well, this whole area that's off the southeast coast, there's no, lower than normal pressures are going to be there because of the fact you got the big high up to the north. Lower than normal pressures are going to be there all weekend into next weekend. And the GFS continues to insist, as it has for many, many runs now, trying to figure out uh, some kind of low that tries to form in that region sometime 
late in the weekend or early next week, and you can see how it lifts it up toward the North Carolina coast, that could very well be something tropical or subtropical. We'll have to wait and see uh, if this winds up being the case. And of course, with the fact that we have a general ridge here in the east, Joe, and that high to the north, the, uh, we we keep seeing the run do funny things where it, it takes the low up to, to north. On this case, it takes it up to North Carolina, kind of swings it inland, and then drops it southward, you know, back off the southeast coast, and then brings it into South Carolina. I mean, it, it, it's the fact that we don't have any kind of strong southwest flow because of the ridge position that we're in in the eastern part of the United States. And the NAO is just helping to just, you know, put a wall as far as getting something, if something does form down there to move out to the northeast. It's it's a, it's a very unusual setup that we have here for the first part of, part of October. Well, I could see that on the latest information from the National Hurricane Center that our dear friend Victor is long gone, but we knew that. Uh, Sam still... Um, is maintained as a uh, as a hurricane with 80 knot winds, 90 mile per hour winds, and we have one area that is located just to the east of the Bahamas that has a zero percent chance of cyclone formation in 48 hours, and it doesn't look like it has much of a chance through five days. Through five days, only about 10 percent. Yeah. So not, it may very well be that nothing's going to happen. It may very well be the, that in the, the coming days. For this week. In the coming days ahead. Let's say maybe by later uh, later this week on the uh, on the uh, Atlantic Tropical Cyclone and Disturbances map that we may not have anything uh, that the, that it may be totally devoid of any kind of uh, tropical activity. I mean, Sam will continue to maintain its presence as a large extra tropical storm, probably up near Greenland. But the map though, that is displayed on the uh, on uh, the National Hurricane Center website. Uh, that map goes only as far north as Newfoundland. So we're probably going to lose Sam in the next uh, couple of days from from there. And again, that disturbance you pointed out off of uh, the Bahamas isn't going to be too long for this world either. A quiet time, hopefully. Right. It's in, all very uh, disorganized. All of, that, all of that stuff's just shooting from the Caribbean northeastward. There's, there's strong southwest winds in the upper atmosphere that are just blowing everything away. So uh, you're not going to get... Yeah, under those conditions, you're you're certainly not going to be able to, to get any kind of development. Uh, the the upper air winds are just 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 too darn strong. And I, I brought up the uh, the upper air, you know, because because of the fact that the teleconnections, as I said earlier, uh, showing uh, something maybe something around mid month, uh, perhaps a, a change enough to bring a a brief change of the trough to the east. But let me just roll this back uh, to. Uh, closer to present time and we're at friday thursday wednesday tuesday okay so we're here we are tuesday morning and you see all the higher than normal pressures uh up uh in in this region up here in the north atlantic it gets extending up into eastern canada you have an upper low that's dropped down into louisiana uh another low uh, uh, wrapped up upper low, and that's absorbing SAM. That's east of Newfoundland, so that's kind of that's the NAO, the negative North Atlantic Oscillation at work. And then, of course, here's your next deep trough coming into the western part of the United States, which is your negative PNA. Uh, and here it is uh, with this uh, troughing in the west, and you can see the ridge, the southern upper low, kind of opens up and and moves off the east coast, and then it just kind of gets lost there. So now we're into Sunday. 
and those pressures are going to remain low. So I think if something forms, it's going to be from the upper low coming off and then just kind of hanging around off the southeast coast over on Sunday and into the first part of next week. That's when you might wind up seeing something try to form. And we're still in a ridge position here. So uh, it, it could it could very well look look at this. Look how blocky it is uh, in eastern Canada. And this upper low is underneath it in North Carolina. It, 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 it's a real mess in the upper atmosphere. And then you got this screaming jet from the Pacific going into uh, into the plains. So there really is no flow from Canada. Uh, in fact, uh, the flow in Canada is southerly, going up from the Great Lakes clear up to Greenland. So it's a little unusual here. And let's see what it does late in the forecast period, because now the trough starts to shift a little bit more to the east uh, later in the forecast period, which which is why the teleconnections did what they did. This is, you know, this is your, you still have a negative NAO, but you also start to have a more positive Pacific North America index, a little more of a ridge that starts to pop up in the Rockies. We'll see what that means. That could just be, I, I, my suspicion is it'll be temporary, and then we'll go back to it for a few more days toward the end of the month, and then maybe have a bigger switch as we get into the month of November. So it'll pretty be uh, very interesting to see how, how this all plays out. And, and Joe, I, I, the tropics are not done yet. I think we're gonna get at least a couple of more named storms out of this before it's all said and done. Well, we are, we're, we're down to our last our last letter on the name uh, list, and if we don't if we go beyond that, no more Greek alphabet letters. We'll be actually going to a to a backup set of names for the overflow. Uh, so yeah, we we may very well do that. After all, some of our more not notable storms in recent years have come in the middle and latter part of October. The most notable of all being Sandy in 2012. That was just a few days before Halloween. So we'll, we'll see what happens this month. And by the way, one thing about this hurricane season that we really didn't talk about very much, uh, but the uh, Central Pacific, which is uh, the uh, area that includes Hawaii, uh, not a single <clears throat> tropical cyclone has formed in its zone uh, this season, not one. And actually, that's not that unusual because uh, there was a stretch trying to remember when it was sometime between 2010 and 2020, there was a three year stretch. Uh, they went three years without uh, getting a single named storm. I'm not talking about the ones that form off the coast of Mexico that run westward and, and make it to Hawaii. But there, there's usually about four or five on, a, on average, I think, it's, I think it's four or five that form in that central Pacific basin. And there's a whole separate Ladane list that's given to them, right? Because uh, they, you know, they form in that zone, and they 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 can impact Hawaii uh, from time to time. Uh, but there hasn't been a single system that has formed down in that. And when usually when we have a very active Atlantic season, uh, that winds up being the case. I believe they did not have any tropical cyclones form in that zone last year either. So. Um, so they're on a they're they're, they're on a uh, they're on hurricane hiatus for a while in that in that area. Yeah, you could have a Category Four storm off the coast of Baja California Sur, uh, heading uh, you know westbound, and you say to yourself, "Oh my goodness, 
uh, Hawaii is in big trouble in about five or six days. No, they never are, because no matter how strong the hurricane or the disturbance happens to be off the coast of Mexico, as they head east, they always head into a much colder zone of, uh, of water, which always kills these things off more, more or less completely. You're right, Joe. In order for Hawaii to have any kind of uh, influence from any kind of tropical system of significance, it would have to happen in that central zone. And I believe the, 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 the most noteworthy case was in 92, where they had uh, Hurricane Aniki, which formed in the central right. Pacific and ran over and ran over Kauai, the westernmost of the uh, Hawaiian islands, that devastated that island. I was very sad to you know, hear about that because I was in Kauai the year before. Any of you ever contemplate a trip to Hawaii? And Honolulu was on the island of Oahu. If you have that possibility or chance, you must somehow get to Kauai. Kauai, by far and away, is the most beautiful, the prettiest, the nicest of all of the Hawaiian islands. If you want to see volcanoes, go to the big island of Hawaii. If you want to go to a cosmopolitan or a touristy type of island, you go to Oahu. The most beautiful island was Kauai. And again, Hurricane Aniki uh, devastated that island in 1992. That came... Uh, I think right after or right around the same time that Andrew was hitting uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. So there and were that two was ma major that, tropical disturbances. And that was an El Nino year, if I remember correctly. By the way, if you can't, if yeah. if um, if going to Hawaii is too expensive, you could always try to win win a trip by going on the Freddie Fillmore show. Fillmore show. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could all go to Honolulu. Honolulu, <laughs> land of Goshen. Okay, uh, Bill Rogers reporting moderate color in southern Vermont. Uh, so they'll be at peak, he says, next week. And in man, man, Manual uh, 349 says, why is fall foliage peaking later than usual this year? I, I'm not, I, you know, my, my, my understanding and experience uh, in years where we've had wet summers, uh, the uh, foliage actually lasts longer. When those colors start, it takes a little longer for you know the process takes longer. So it's not like in years when you have when you have drought that you kind of wake up one morning and like the leaves have, have changed color, and then you wake up the next morning and they've all fallen off the trees. Uh, but my, right. they, everything seems to be on, on schedule. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to come come any later than it usually does. But the rain at least is going to help for make. Could make for some spectacular foliage views, though, um, uh, with uh, the fact that we're not dealing with any kind of drought condition. So, I think the, well, the chairman Renata Renata agrees with you. Oh, okay. Renata agrees with you. By the way, I said I said to her yesterday, um, you know, we've been up here in Putnam Valley for about 20 years now, and I said, you know, I could remember some early October's where we had a ton of leaves on the front and the back lawn. And now we don't have Around very many Columbus at all. Day, I mean, yeah. We do have some, but nothing. And 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 she said, as you just said, that when we have wet summers, the wetter the summer, the more the leaves tend to hang on. Uh, dry summers, especially very dry summers, uh, they just kind of wither on the vine, so to speak, and then drop right off. And there's hardly much in the way of significant color. So we will eventually see the leaves, you know, drop. Up here, I, I'd have to say we still have Joe. About ninety percent of the of the leaves on the trees are still there and mostly green, so it's going to be a bit late this year. 
but also probably, since it's taking this long, probably we will have some very spectacular colorations, but probably not until later in the month or maybe even the beginning of November. So I'm actually quite surprised at how many uh, the leaves. Uh, I, I have leaves everywhere. I mean, the trees are still, yeah. you know, fairly full, but a lot of leaves have come down. Now, granted, I'm in a very wooded area, so I'm going to have a lot of leaves. I'm a, I'm, I was a little, I'm a little surprised it, as early as it is, but that may have to do with the fact that the nights here are very cool. You know, we've already dead down, right. temperatures down near 40. We've had a number of nights with temperatures in the 40s. So that's sort of helping the cause here. And I'm thinking that the trees here are genetically programmed to, you know, maybe start to turn their colors perhaps a little bit sooner. And I, I told you the other day, the squirrels are almost all gone. I'm, I'm really surprised. There's very few, very few squirrels around than uh, how many I was seeing about a month ago. And even the birds, there's not a lot of birds around either. So I don't know if that's a sign, uh, but we'll see. I've, I've been looking forward. To, I want to get one good, decent snowfall while I'm uh, this winter. Uh, since I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm down here, and yes, Bill, I will broadcast from my porch. I promise. Uh, the next time I got up, when I have a free Sunday, which by the way, this Sunday will probably not be a free Sunday, so we can get everybody a heads up ahead of time. Uh, but um, you know, and when the weather cooperates, uh, I'll figure it out. Uh, particularly if we get if we if it is snowing, I'm taking it out on my uh, on my deck. I think the chairman is lur- lurking here somewhere. Uh, so, you know, we were going to, uh, we have a different uh, approach tonight to, um, Briller Jeopardy since neither of us know the answers. So the chat board will be involved in all of this. Uh, so, um, Scott, if you're there type, I know you're about 20 seconds behind me. Ah, okay. Uh, sent yesterday. All right. Now, now we have a problem because if Facebook is down, if, if my Facebook is still down or my messenger is still down, uh, let me see. I'll try. Let's see if I can bring it up. In the meantime, let's see. Is my messenger working? Oh, wait. Hold on. Wrong. I got to switch it. I got to go from my weather page to my personal page. Oh, don't you love it? Next. Switch. By the way, for those of you who are following Siberian snow cover, uh, <clears throat> the uh, the uh, snowfall has actually been on the robust side so far, and uh, it looks like for the next couple of weeks, it will remain on the robust side. Okay, um, Messenger is, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, Let's see. Are they going to load for me? I got the circle of death, Joe. Uh, Well. Okay. I have your message that uh, you'll be sending the questions to the chat board after you come back live, after we do the weather. Okay. That was for Sunday, which we didn't do because I had to leave. Um, Are you going to send the answers on Messenger? Okay. I'm all set to go. All right, 12 storms with the letter I have been retired, Joe. Can we name them? Uh, do we have uh, one of them, Isabel? Uh, I would say yes. I will add, I will, <clears throat> I will add to that. Hi, Ivan. 
<laughs> or or Yvonne. I, I I I never knew whether they was pronounced was pronounced Ivan or Yvonne, uh, but uh, Ivan was another one. Um, we mentioned the other day. I just happened to like. I think uh, Isidore uh, might be on there. Irene definitely on there. Irene, most definitely. Um, um, what else? <clears throat> Um, well, I know from oh, this my grandmother year is, is gonna is going to is gonna be retired. My my grand my grandmother's name Inez. I remember an Inez. Yes, that was that was a pretty he that was a pretty hefty storm. And my aunt, my aunt Irma. <laughs> Irma, yes, Irma, yes. right? Irma uh, and Aunt Irma. You Aunt Irma used to come every Christmas Eve uh, to my mother's home. And she'd always bring her broccoli, <laughs> her the broccoli, broccoli and cheese, her broccoli and cheese surprise. Oh, nice! <laughs> um, Johnny Quest points. And what time? Yeah. <laughs> and what time? One time I mentioned this on the air at News Twelve, and Janine Rose, my news director, said, "Why do they call? Why does she, your aunt Irma, call it broccoli and cheese surprise?" I said, "Well, first Janine came the broccoli, right. then came the cheese, and then came and about the surprise. twenty minutes later, <laughs> surprise." Right, exactly. Um, How do I get into these stories? I don't know. P uh, uh, Peter Bicker uh, mentioning Isaias from last year. Correct. I own, I think, from back in the 50s. Uh, I think that's that's a retired name. Um, trying to think. Uh, did we have a? Did we have? Did we have one of the uh, Greek letter? Iota was, that, was Iota. Iota from last year, yeah. which we didn't give an Iota about. <laughs> um, did we name them all? Oh, how about the, how about uh, not Ted Brown? William was it Ted Brown or William B. Williams? Well, Clavin, Gene Clavin, used to have Doctor Isidore Isotherm. Right? No, did no. We I said I, did I, an, I, I said Isidore. I did think, we say I think, Isidore? I think Isidore, Isidore was yeah. a retired. I'm I'm thinking. I, I don't know why Isaac keeps popping into my head. Was Isaac a retired storm? Asimov? Yeah, well, either way. Um, <laughs> Irma was know. back in, Irma, I believe, was back, what, in 17 or 18? We had Irma and Maria in the same year, those two, you know, powerhouse Category 5 hurricanes. Right. And Jose, right. which was almost a five that just missed the Leeward Islands behind Irma. Um, that was an incredible hurricane season going back. If you ever want to get, you know, look at those, just go on my YouTube library because I did some, some, uh, you know, I did some shows during all of that. It was you, some amazing stuff. Do you remember? Do you remember Keith Eichner? Yes. And he used to refer to himself. He, for a very brief time, he was on Channel Seven doing the weather on weekends, and he used to have an almanac. He called it Ike's Almanac, like Ike, like Eisenhower or whatever. Did we have an Ike? I think we had an Ike once. I we? think so. I think we had an Ike. You know, we had an Ike. Uh, Isaac was not yeah. retired, says Jonathan Ross. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think if we've run the have we run the gauntlet here with all the eyes. 
Um, I think I ran the gauntlet with, with, with the broccoli and the cheese. Yes. <laughs> well, you, 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 uh, you, you, you probably, yes, you certainly did. Uh, Adam, yes. Adam Love uh, says Iris in 2001. Iris. Which All I don't, right. I don't remember. Um, but was it? Nine of the ice storms that were retired, by the way, have all been since 2001, believe it or not. Ike was retired. Yeah, Hurricane Ishtar. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> Ishtar. You know, <laughs> it was a bad movie that they never should have made, but we, we, won't, we, won't, go down, um, we won't go down that particular road. Uh, so Ingrid says the chairman, we did not say Ingrid. So I think Ingrid is on there. So I think we probably named a whole bunch of them. So uh, what are the answers? Cause I don't have them. Not in front of me anyway. So anyhow, it, it usually, you know, with, with Facebook being down, it's just, you know, finally it, it, it's got back up. So I don't know if everybody's, everybody has it. Um, Matthew Greenwood, I have no idea when the first inch of snow will fall. Well, I'll say this. If we're talking about a front-end loaded winter, it will definitely come before Christmas. So that's that's my guess. That that's that's the best that's that's the most you're gonna get from me on that. Uh Jonathan. Bill Ross. Rogers. Bill Rogers, yes. My my wife does make casserole from time to time, but you know, it depends on what kind of casserole you're talking about. Oh, here we go. So the retired names are Ione, Inez, I Iris, Isidore, Isabel, Ivan, or Yvonne, Ike. Is it Igor or is it Igor? <laughs> uh, Irene, Ingrid, and Irma. So 11 uh, have been retired from the letter I. I was trying to think off the top of my head, Joe, the other day. I was talking about, uh, you know, one of those times where I'm on a long, you know, drive. Um, it was when I, I drove down to uh, to, to uh, Atlanta on Saturday. And I was thinking of the sea storms that that were retired. Um, so, right. you know, a bunch of them came up. There was um, Connie, Carol. Now I remember I remembered many more while I was driving. I don't, I can't now, now I can't read Charlie. Uh another yeah. sea storm uh that I that I remember. Um what else? Honey Congolia? Carol Carol. Hold on. Charlie. And there was a few others that I remembered on my drive, but now the only no, I only seem to be able to recall those three. Um and Connie and Carol were in back-to-back -back years, and both impacted the uh, the, uh, the Northeast. Right, Connie in '55, and Carol the year before in '54, uh, which was right. uh, which was pretty interesting. Um, C has nine retired, and uh, and so does F. All right, so Jonathan's like like throwing them up here. So he's got Carol, Connie, Carla, Cleo. Oh. Cleo. 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 Oh, of course. The obvious one. Camille. Camille. Celia, Camille. Uh, uh, Celia which hit Texas, uh, the uh, which hit Corpus Christi. Carmen uh, in uh, 1975, if I remember correctly. Uh, Caesar or Cesar and Charlie. So actually um, right. got at least half of those. All right. Well, that seemed to work, sort of. Um, 
All right. So you know what? It's already past a quarter of nine. So we've had a very long show tonight. We were jabbering away, um, which is fine. We like to jabber. Yes. And uh, and now yeah, that they're yeah we are by the now, way and now that they're no longer and now that they're no longer by the way in in New England they just made this announcement about a, a week or so ago uh, the uh, NPR stations in New England are no longer playing reruns of the uh, the Tappet brothers the uh, the two guys who used to talk about cars car talk one of them passed away sadly oh. some years ago and they and they kept running or rerunning uh, programs. But they were dated. I mean, like you'd get a, you'd hear them get a phone call from somebody saying, "What am I going to do with my 1977, you know, LeSabre? You know, they, they couldn't, they just couldn't run those shows anymore. They were funny and interesting, but they said, so now that they're no longer on the air, what's the closest thing you could have gotten to Click and Clack or the Tappet Brothers? Not necessarily about cars, but about weather. Here we are. Well, uh, <laughs> give NPR a call. You know, I think I think if somebody would just think outside the box, I think it'd be a very popular show. I really well, do. I think a lot of people are into into weather. It works for me. I mean, they can just pull it off of YouTube whenever they want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny to take, be able to take phone calls? That would be that would be a riot. Yeah, but then we'd have to get like a Bob Grant person to work with us so that he could, you know, just say, get off my phone. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, I'm ready to I'm ready to call it a night. All right. So let's um, let's do that. And uh, let's uh, bring back the uh, those that bring the Joe and Joe Weather Show to us. And that is Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. Uh, for this coming season, uh, you snow removal guys, get your salt orders in. Uh, 631-756-1125 for the best prices in the tri-state area and beyond. OmniTrueValue.com, the website. Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York. And their telephone number is 631-957-5106. And don't forget, you contractors or those of you who want to get into this business, uh, an open house free event on Tuesday, October the 5th, which is tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at uh, 162 Ocean Avenue, which is right next door from 164. And uh, you can RSVP by calling 631-957-5106, or you can go to the website, uh, which is uh, liholidaylighting.com. So you and I will be back tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern Time. We'll be here. I'll be here. All right, folks. Thanks You'll for be being here. here. Thanks for the they better be here. Thanks to the chairman, Mike McGuire, uh, Izzy, uh, Izzy, uh, who uh, Z D, who all hit super chat tonight. I think I got everybody on there, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see everybody uh, tomorrow. The chairman, you have to be uh, make sure you wear a, a couple of masks and be safe out there doing your COVID runs. And tomorrow we're going to do the letter, some letter between G and A uh, will be uh, will be uh, be on the list tomorrow. Nighty night, everybody. Nighty night. <laughs>